Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. We're going to stay uh, in the United States Senate with our conversation and very pleased to have joining us now Becky Edwards, a former member of the House of Representatives here in the great state of Utah from 2009 to 2018. Uh, during that time, she backed uh, bills allowing a signature path to the primary election, uh, pushed a resolution recognizing climate change, uh, which the legislature passed, a tax credit for business uh, that offered paid family medical leave, and a host of other important issues that we'll get to as well. Uh, not long ago, May 27th, uh, she took the step of entering into that Senate race. Again, 2022. It's hard to believe we're already into the 2022 races. Uh, but Becky Edwards has thrown her hat into the ring uh, for the United States Senate, uh, taking on the senior senator from the state of Utah, Mike Lee. And uh, Becky, thank you so much for joining us on Inside Sources today. Oh, thank you, Boyd. Good to be with you and your listeners this afternoon. Well, you've had a, uh, a busy and uh, furious start to your campaign. Uh, not just uh, a lot of a lot of candidates kind of make their way around the state, but you're making your way around the state uh, with a couch. You know, we are, we are. During my 10 years of service in the Utah House, as you mentioned, uh, every Saturday during the legislative session, we open up our living room to people and have folks come in. And we'd sit in my living room on the couches and talk about issues, and they'd tell me their stories, and we'd sort of reason together for solutions. And when I decided to run for the Utah U.S. Senate, I thought, I probably can't invite the whole state into the living room. I can take a piece of my home around. So I do have a yellow couch from my house, fits in the back of my car, and we're sort of hauling this thing around the state as a, as really as sort of a symbol of what I became sort of a hallmark for me during my legislative service before, which was listening and acting, being engaged on the issues that, that people care about the most, and then acting and working for better solutions. I think that's so critical. Those uh, those crucial conversations are, are something that we've been so lacking uh, in the state and around the country and around the world, for that matter. Uh, and just having those most important conversations, whether it's in the the living room, on the couch, or at the kitchen table, uh, tell us what have what have you been learning? What have you been listening to as you've been uh, taking that couch around the state? You know, it's interesting because we're hitting uh, small farming communities. We were in Ephraim a couple of weeks ago. We're headed down to St. George and Hurricane this weekend, but as well as up in Box Elder County and, and Cache Valley and Salt Lake. Across the board, the issues are so similar. Their families are caring about um, the future for their kids. How does, how does growth 
going to impact their families, their economy, um, issues around healthcare access. Of course, COVID still is a, is a big part of people's lives, but housing, um, things like this that are really matter to people when they're thinking about what does this mean for their children and grandchildren. So the future of Utah is top of mind for people across the state, and the issues are similar, even though the lens through which people look at them are, are uniquely uh, informed by their communities that they live in. Yeah. Uh, so I want to get to a couple of the questions. Of course, I, I have interviewed lots of candidates uh, over the years from all levels of uh, local and, and federal office, and I sort of have my my critical questions. And uh, so the first one I want to get to with you, Becky, is as you looked at this race, uh, we often focus on the kind of the battle lines in terms of politics and political races. Uh, I always refer to it as the Boston to Philadelphia model. And we have things we're against that we have to to stand up and, and we're always ready for those battles. Uh, but the real questions are always about what what are you for? What's that uh, Philadelphia model uh, in your mind in terms of what you're for and why you're in this Senate race? You know, I appreciate that question because it's one thing to run against an incumbent, which is not something I take lightly, but I really don't take the issues that are facing and the challenges that are facing Utah families and and businesses lightly either. It's another to run for something. So here's what I'm running for. I want to put people first and lead out on policy around the big issues that matter the most to, to folks. One thing that I think makes me uniquely qualified for this this race, but more importantly for actual service in the U.S. Senate, is the fact that I've effectively legislated for 10 years on big issues that still matter to people in Utah. As you mentioned at the top of the show, I passed legislation on affordable housing, passed legislation on clean air that has ended up becoming the model for other red states. It was the first in the nation on on climate um, specifically, and worked, sat at the table as an elected official and negotiated and worked in a bipartisan manner as well as within people within the Republican Party on the front lines of topics that are so important, building consensus and a path forward for Utahns on issues that I think a lot of folks thought there was no way forward. And rather than voting no on everything, one thing that I made a big focus on and I plan to take to the U.S. Senate is the ability to sit at the table in a bipartisan way and effectively move the needle forward. It's a skill set and a mindset that I would love to take to the U.S. Senate. All right, I'm going to sneak in one last question today. I know this is the first of many conversations that we'll have over the course of the next year or so as uh, this uh, plays out in this uh, very competitive race for the United States Senate uh, here in the state of Utah. Uh, and Becky, this is a question I I always ask of candidates uh, because, as, as you know, <laughs> campaigns are hard <laughs> and they're painful uh, and they're not always pleasant. And there's a lot of things that are just uh, not good, not fun about campaigns. And so the question I I ask every candidate is, going through this process, what is it in this process of running for the United States Senate that will make all of that pain and suffering and discomfort and and all of those headaches uh, along the way, what will make all of that worth it even, even if you were to run and lose? You know, 
one of the things that I think makes um, a run for any political office, whether it's city council or or the U.S. Senate, really gratifying is the ability to talk to Utahns, to talk to your neighbors and community members, and to listen. And in a way that is not focused on the next political fight or partisan division, but actually working towards a way to deliver results for Utahns. I love that. I absolutely love meeting with people and working beyond just the listening, but actually towards effective solutions. It is something that has been a part of my my professional life as a, a social worker and marriage and family therapist, and also in my community advocacy work, but most importantly, in my leadership as an elected official. That's what's most important. And my commitment to knowing that as a U.S. Senate, we can do better. We can do better than what we're seeing, the division and the divisiveness in the in the political world within our state and, and as well in the nation. We can do better. That's what that's why I'm running is to make a difference in that arena. And those conversations with people spur me on and remind me of how important it is. And I'm really grateful for my experience um, in the Utah House for those 10 years because it's proven to me and I have a great record that I can engage with better leadership, provide better politics and better solutions for the people of Utah. Becky Edwards running for the United States Senate here in 2022. Uh, We appreciate you joining us on Inside Sources today. Uh, First of many conversations I think we'll be having. uh, Important conversations, crucial conversations, uh, both to the state uh, and to the country as a whole. We we applaud everyone who gets into any race at every level. And as uh, Becky rightly described, uh, what you're for matters. How you lead matters, how you engage in those conversation matters, and we'll continue to take up that matter uh, in terms of this election, in terms of all the elections rolling into 2022 uh, in the days and months ahead. All right, we're going to step aside for bottom of the hour news. When we come back, uh, we're going to do a little bit of a roundup in Washington, D.C. We will note the passing, uh, sadly, of Senator Enzi from Wyoming. We'll talk about his life and his important legacy of kindness coming up next. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.